Carvel. Carvel! Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pig. Because it has already begun.
Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Holes Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. And my scouter indicates there are two low-level warriors joining me. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hello, monkeys! It's Derek. Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike. I, I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, monkeys! Yeah. On this episode, we will be discussing the new film, Dragon Ball Super Broly. This film was released December 14th of 2018 in Japan, although there was a world premiere in Tokyo on November 14th, but it was limited to 1,000 guests. And the U.S. release was January the 16th of 2019. The IMDb synopsis simply states, Goku and Vegeta encounter Broly, in warrior unlike any fighter they've faced before. So this is something we, the three of us, I think it's fair to say we were pretty uh, hyped to see this, and we've all seen it. So I thought it would be fun to kind of do something a little bit more, you know, current and maybe discuss it why it was still fresh in our minds. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and open it up to you guys. Like, what did you guys think of this film? I I generally liked it. Like, I have quibbles with it, but, like, I really liked the animation, like, the new, the newer, like, animation style they used in this movie, like, the character designs, and, uh, like, I feel like it went, it, it's sort of, like, Dragon Ball Super and Z towards the later end kind of went, like, everyone got a little more straighter edged, I guess, but I feel like the animation design in this movie was closer to like Toriyama's like original like Dragon Ball like art where everyone's a little more rounded and stuff. So like I really like took note of the animation in this movie. But like in general, like I like this movie and I like I've got quibbles, but I'm sure we'll get into them. I thought I I mean, just without sort of well, I don't know. I mean, I I guess this kind of explains you kind of went into the synopsis of the film like. I, I think my immediate reaction is that this this movie, to me, like, at first when I heard the premise, like, that it was going to be sort of a retelling, you know, the officially official in-hand telling of Broly, like, you know, it's, it's one of those fanboy reactions where you want to roll your eyes and go, oh, geez, like, not another one of these, you know, reboot, remake, redos, like, whatever, but this is, like, a welcome Marvel Legends apology figure where you're like, I, I, we totally needed this. And it's, it's a far superior, you know, figure slash film take on Broly than we've ever got before. Because man, like this origin way, way beats, you know, getting your toast up because you hear crib crying, you know, to the, to the little pod next to you. You know what I mean? Like this is this, the, the motivation for this, I think is, is, far exceeds any any backstory that Broly ever had before. So I I can understand and I kind of know where Mike's going with some of the quibbles and I can understand and relate to some of the quibbles and we may we may have discussions about those, but I, as far as Broly goes and since Broly's essentially the title star of the film, like I think the way they handled him was not only a welcome apology, but I just, you know, beyond, like, the style guide for the animation, I mean, this was extremely cinematic. Like, I mean, it had, like, all these great one-shots of, like, and and, and you, you would go in and out from location to location and follow the action and the fighting, and it was like, it was like watching, you know, like a Hitchcock pan or something, or or one of these, like, Martin Scorsese Goodfella pans, but instead of it being like, you know, Ray Liotta going down to the club and it taking like, you know, 
14 minutes for him to shake hands with everybody and, and get drinks and do all this other stuff. It's like, imagine it's two DBZ fighters doing the Martin Scorsese Goodfellas walk down the, to the, the secret club, basically. And it's like, they go through like 20 million volcanoes, but the camera's like constantly following them and everything. And it made it like, I mean, you understand why this was theatrically released. You understand why people gave the stamp on it because you're like, this, I think, and I don't often say this because I'm jaded and, and kind of, you know, grumpy about things where it's like, oh, I'll wait for it to come out on Blu-ray or I'll wait for this and that and the other thing. But, you know, people have that phrasing, is this something I should see in a theater? And I think the answer to that is unequivocally yes. Like, this is something that is well worth watching in the theater. And I think that's why it ran for like more just one or two night engagements and why it seemed to have encore presentations even after the limited run finished off. So I, I think my opinion on it is on the whole, very, very positive. I was just going to say, I saw it like twice at like when it like had a like second engagement, like I went and saw it in IMAX and yeah, like it was like, like I was happy to see it again. As for myself, like, I thought it was great. Like, I thought the animation was fantastic. Like, it was so fast-paced and fluid and detailed. Like, it was it was almost a little too, like, fast for me to keep up. Like, I kind of felt like, you know, when, like, someone's trying to watch uh, a battle in Dragon Ball and they're keeping up, they're like, they're just, like, zipping around. Like, that's how I kind of felt in some of these battles. Like... Like, I thought the Vegeta versus Broly battle, like, I was, like, floored by that. And I was kind of like, oh, well, they they spent their budget on this because, like, this battle is so great. Like, they're not going to top it. And then it just kept going. It got to, like, you know, Goku versus Broly. And then there at the end, it was Gogeta versus Broly. And, like, it kept up its quality. Like, there, there were some spots where they used CG for the characters. And, like, I could kind of tell, but... You know, I think Mike would back me up on this. Like, it wasn't as bad or as overused as in, like, some of the previous films, so it didn't bug me too much. Something that I thought was interesting is this film has the same production staff as One Piece Film Z. And, like, I've been on a One Piece kick here lately, and I've been watching a lot of episodes of the series and some of the films. And when I found this out, I was like, well, that makes total sense because that film – it also has some really great fluid animation, especially during the battle sequences. So I was like, okay, well, that that makes total sense to me. Like, they're, they're kind of like companion pieces almost in a way, I guess. But, like, the, this film is now the highest grossing Dragon Ball film in the series. And it's currently the 12th highest grossing anime film of all time. And the hype was so high that tickets were sold out in Japan five months before the release i was like wow that's <laughs> that's really something like that's like star wars level of like rabid fandom like you don't i don't i feel like you usually don't see that kind of thing in japan like they're usually like oh yeah we'll go see a movie because like movies are pretty expensive over there from what i can gather but like for a movie to sell out like five months in advance like that's that's really something and i think it's funny because i think like Toei and like, you know, whoever else distributed this or whoever else is like in charge of the Dragon Ball franchise, like they're finally kind of, and not that they didn't before, but I think they're really starting to finally like take note of just how popular Dragon Ball is overseas. Yeah. Like, because like when Dragon Ball Super was airing, like the last like 10 or 15 episodes of the Tournament of Power arc 
like there were like giant like gatherings like all over the world just for those episodes like it was friggin like breaking bad or something and like you can go on you find all these reaction videos of like an entire like you know stadiums worth of people watching like the finale to dragon ball super and cheering it on and stuff and like it's like insane i was like like it was like a like a sporting event or something like so i mean and i think like the people in charge of dragon ball are starting to take note of like just how you know how much appeal it has like in all markets not just japan i also think the the praise and kind of what justin is describing the overall excitement for this film in particular is well deserved like i i think i th- this is the first time i mean this is like you know revealing my sad lonely life or whatever but this is the first time in a long time that i've gone and seen a movie with just a group of colleagues or friends or whatever you know because we all we all went out after work like on a friday night and we had dinner and we went and saw it and like everybody came out of the theater almost unequivocally you know uniformly kind of going you know i think that was probably the best Dragon Ball movie I've ever seen. Like, not that anybody disliked Dragon Ball. It was like they all liked it. That's why we all went. But I think everybody almost kind of sat there and was like, that was a really good movie. Like, I think... I mean, we could have debates over it, but I mean, I was asked after we came out of it, like, is this the best Dragon Ball movie? And you're sitting there hard-pressed. It's like, you know, I almost... Because because of my age and and how much I've experienced and sat through and and how much I I tend to loathe holding brand new things up on a pedestal just because of who I am you know it's like if I have a top ten list of favorite comics I mean I'm not gonna put like something that came out in 2019 last week at number one on my list like I don't think it's it's breathed enough to to earn that spot on the list. But at the same time, the quality of this movie, and also I think, I guess I can explain some of it, but I I feel like this almost effectively avoids any, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like Bruce Tim Justice League pitfalls that I hate in like all these kind of super heroic-ish media. Like, it's like Goku can't beat Broly on his own. Vegeta can't beat Broly on his own. It's not about Goku getting a big old spirit bomb or going to Super Saiyan 4 with a tail Uzaru bullshit. It's not about everybody else getting their ass kicked but Goku. No, everybody can't beat Broly. Frieza can't beat Broly. Like, Vegeta can't beat Broly. Goku can't beat Broly. Fucking... Whis and and presumably you know uh, uh, Beerus probably can't beat Broly right that's kind of what they intimate but the only way you know spoilers the only way that they have a chance of beating Broly is when they do the fusion dance and become Gogeta and that's why you know so it's like it's almost like a Dragon Ball movie that got over its own tropes where it's like you know everybody has to fight the bad guy one at a time and lose, and then Goku has to go in at the end and beat them. Like, it got over that trope. And for once, if if I have any kind of preconceived notions about Goku, you know, being the bestest all the time or whatever, or making his son look like a jackass when he shouldn't, right? Like, Gohan's not in this. So you might think, oh, well, Derek must not like this movie because Gohan's not really in it. But you know why I like it? Because Gohan's not in it? Because Gohan doesn't look like a fucking asshole. 
or a chump <laughs> or whatever. Like he's not in it to look stupid. It's like it's like those episodes of uh, Justice League Unlimited where I'm like, that was a really good episode. You know why? Superman wasn't in it going, you know, because it was it was good, right? So it's like the same thing. It's like Gohan's not in it going, oh, I got abducted by aliens or whatever. And and it's I I just feel like it exceeded my expectations. I thought. There was a lot of unexpected humor. Like, I mean, all the stuff with like Goku and Frieza just made me laugh my ass off. Like, I love, I love the moment where, you know, Goku's doing his country bumpkin thing and, you know, Frieza's going off about the repugnant planet and, you know, Goku's like, Hey, um, what's repugnant mean? You know, and like everybody's like, you know, super stupid and stuff. And it's like, oh, of course, Goku doesn't know what that word means. I love, you know? I love just for that moment. Like, I love the like, look that Frieza gives him when he asks that like <laughs> it's like he had a like one of those like mini aneurysms you get when someone says something so stupid you can't believe like they said it like, but then it's funny because then Frieza like humors him like cuz he like he knows Goku now and he's just like it's it's weird but like it's like Frieza and Goku actually like understand each other now <laughs> he has that like tired exhausted sigh like Yes, monkey, I will explain to you what repugnant means. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, all that stuff cracks me up. And, like, like my other my other favorite line, and it's way at the end or whatever, but, like, it's when he gives, uh, gives Broly and his crew, like, all the sensu beans. And that was my other favorite line where he's like, Okay, guys, like, eat these whenever you think, Yikes, I'm gonna die! And I was just like, I was just like, it's so genius. Like, it's so fucking typical Goku and everything. And, you know, and then, of course, I love, like, you know, I love, my, my other favorite thing was when, you know, and we, we've talked about this a little bit, and it's my avatar or whatever, but, you know, to to instigate Broly to, to the next level for the third act, you know, so that he's he's basically totally unbeatable and they're forced to, you know, go fuse and, and, and take him in a last third act ditch battle or whatever. Cause essentially once you get past the first act of this movie, it's just nonstop fighting for the next two acts pretty much. And it's, it's really entertaining fighting, but it is nonstop fighting almost. But I, I you know, basically Frieza kills Broly's father and, 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 you know, of course he's the one that does it, but you know, it's great where he's like, Broly, look, it's such a tragedy. A stray blast killed your father. You know, and it's like this totally like anybody else because Broly's so sheltered and, and, you know, he's been raised on this essentially planet that's devoid of, I don't know, humanoid life, you know, like he, he has no concept of that. And of course he's in the middle of his fighting rage too, his berserker rage. So there's that involved as well, where, you know, it's like that just enrages him even more, but it's, you know, kind of like, I think, I think Mike said this in like some, some off air conversations we had, but it, it reminded me of the, the vibe I got when we would go to see, Transformers the movie in the theaters, you know, that recent Fathom re-release, and, and you heard all the audience kind of laugh and chuckle at, like, a lot of Starscream's lines, and it, I, I, I think, like, Frieza evoked that same sensibility and, and, and reaction from the audience. Like, they, they know he's evil, but there's also a, you know, there, there's, there's a certain tongue-in-cheek, a certain sense of humor about him, and, and it, I thought that performance was really really well done yeah the chris uh ayers i think the guy's name is who voices he's now or well 
Uh, he doesn't voice Frieza in Super anymore because, like, unfortunately, he had, like, I think he had, like, throat cancer or something, and he's still, like, recovering mm. from that. But he, like, Frieza went from the worst English dub voice to maybe, like, the best one, like, ever since Kai, I think, when they replaced, uh, what's her name, Genkai as uh, <laughs> Frieza's, like, dub mm. voice. So, like, yeah, like, I, I was super happy they got him back for, like, this movie. Like, the dude who does Frieza's voice now... Like he 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 does a fine job, but it, you can tell he's just doing an impression of like Chris Ayers. Mm. So like, and it's okay. totally serviceable. But I I don't know. Like he like he adds like a sort of I don't know like Shakespearean like sort of British like lilt to Frieza. I guess like you know like it's such a tragedy. Like you know he adds yeah, like yeah. I don't know. It it just it's such a perfect match for like the Japanese like original like voice. And yeah, yeah so yeah. like standout performance, like you said. I thought was interesting, and Derek kind of touched on this a little bit is the way Vegeta is treated in this film versus how he's treated in the first Broly film. Because, like, it's almost like night and day. Because in this film, like, Vegeta stands his ground and goes toe to toe with Broly, no hesitation. But in that first film, like, Vegeta like spends most of that movie, like, just in complete shock and, you know, like, basically like freaking out about like coming up against the you know legendary super saiyan and like like derek pointed out like vegeta like doesn't get his wallet taken like he can't beat broly but he's not humiliated like he's not like like on his knees crying bloodied or anything he's just like he's like okay i can't beat this guy and then goku jumps in and like that like i really like that it's like it's like a it was like a tag team wrestling yeah. match. It wasn't like wasn't like the guy got totally pwned. It's like he just slapped. Goku. It's like all right, you're in, bro. And and you know then it was it was his turn to spar with with Broly for you know the 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 second half of the second act basically. Yeah, and and that I don't know. To to me, I think uh, that that that's the best way I can explain it. It avoided any pitfalls or any any drawbacks I've ever seen in a typical Dragon Ball movie trope i mean you know for me i've got certain nostalgic feels about things i mean the only other movies i can really point to that that i have strong feelings about is i love movie nine where because it's gohan you know that takes center stage and fights bojack and then i really like the path to power movie just because it's a retelling of the original dragon ball but with really you know updated nice you know movie expensive animation to it you know and so those are the only things i when somebody asked me is this the best one and i'm kind of like i think it is one of the best ones i but of course i you know i like i say i hesitate to to put something that's you know hot off the press at number one right away but i mean i i think it's definitely i think it's earned the praise that it's been getting so i i it wouldn't surprise me if you know, if after I left it the time to breathe, like it would be one of the favorite, you know, Dragon Ball movies, period, you know, so. Yeah, like I was going to like you were saying how it, it it's, you know, it's clear like it's so clearly a theatrical worthy release. And like the first mm-hmm. night I saw it, it was like I, I assume it was your theater really routed or like mine was completely <laughs> sold out like the first night. We saw no, it. I we we had we had uh, I'm like, oh. The personal life of Derek Crab. No, I was like the, the I had intended to see it the the day it came out, but when when I was making plans to do this and and organizing things, I ended up I had to go to jury duty that day, so it totally like screwed everything up. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna still get to do this. And then when when I finally got all that stuff taken care of and everything, 
then I realized, oh, it's going to play until I think it was like 31st or something was the last day. And then we organized it all. We went out that Friday night, but it had been like, I want to say it had been like five or six days since it, you know, quote unquote premiered. Right. So I, I don't think it was packed like, but it was considering like, like most times I go to these one or two night fathom events and you're lucky if you get like six or seven people in the theater on a Thursday night. But this was like a Friday night. And I'd say like, you know, maybe a third of the theater was full, you know, like, and, and that's after it had been open for the whole week. Right. Yeah. So you figured the big crowds would have already come and seen it. By then. Yeah. Like my, my theater that first night was completely sold out and every like major moment got like huge, like a, like it was hard to hear the movie at certain points. Cause it's like anytime anyone transformed, like there was a huge round of applause. Like when Vegeta went like super Saiyan God for like, you know, the first time quote unquote, everyone was like, yeah, you know, it's about time. Like, or what? <laughs> and then like, yeah, and like you know people were cheering like people were cheering at the like the smallest little things like when go at the end when gogeta does like his movie did in movie 12 that killed janemba like the rainbow ball or whatever like that like you know turns into sparkles when it hits someone like everyone started cheering at that like every random reference to like something previous people started cheering like and or and or laughing like you said like Frieza got like most of the big laughs in the theater like all the failed fusions got like huge laughs like yeah like it, it was just a great like crowd like I said I, I I only heard certain lines the second time I saw it because everyone was like cheering and laughing so loudly and I mean I think that's even worth going into as well because like Piccolo is the one who helps them successfully fuse. So it's like he's part of the film. He's not just put in there to be somebody's punching yeah. bag, you know, but he serves an essential role and purpose. And so if you're a fanboy of Piccolo, you are A, happy to see him, and B, he contributes in a worthwhile manner to the climax and resolution of the film in a healthy and believable manner. So it's like, I, you know, to me, I'm like, I'm like a lot of this. I mean, I, I know we'll, we'll probably get into some of your quibbles, but staying on the positive, I mean, to me, that's just another example of, of the positive in this film where you, you get fan favorite moments, fan favorite characters and uses those characters in an expert way to facilitate the kind of, just action, high octane kind of film that they want, you know, the story that they want to tell. Yeah, like when when one of those trailers came out, there was like a very brief shot of Piccolo, and I remember saying to Mike, I was like, "Oh, come on, movie, don't show me Piccolo. We all know he's going to get the crap kicked out of him." And like, I was so happy to be proven wrong. I was like, "Oh, like Piccolo was in this, and you know, he didn't get his wallet taken, and he actually did something like that." That was like so refreshing to see that. I- I think I told you last week, Justin, like I was like, if Piccolo's only purpose in this movie was to set up those like fusion gags, then like mission accomplished. Like it, like it was totally worth it. Like, you know, yeah. and, and not and like you said, Derek, it served a utility in the plot too. So like, I, I think I was yeah. cracking up and it's my avatar when he and Goku like demonstrate the fusion dance to Vegeta. And you can t- like, you know, Piccolo knows it's totally necessary to do, but he's also in the same boat as Vegeta where he feels like ridiculous doing. <laughs> It. so you see like his eye twitching yeah. like when he's doing it so like that cracked me up 
I mean, I also liked even because I, I sort of have a soft spot for the original Dragon Ball, and I, I liked even at the beginning where Vegeta's like telling Bulma, you know, I told you you need to invest in better security, and I love that you got to see like Pilaf and his crew, you know, hanging out, you know, like because I know that I know they're part of like some of the regular like super storylines, and they hang out with the kids and all that stuff. So it was just, you know, they didn't they didn't have to take up too much screen time, but it was just. You know, it was like one of those things where you're like, oh, it's nice to see those guys. Like, they're still there, and they're still kicking it, you know? So it's like, the, all, all no, that kind of stuff to no, me is, it, is, is fun No, it stuff. also got a huge reaction from the audience, and I, I I think this is all Team Four Star's fault, is when Nappa showed up, like, everyone started sharing. <laughs> like, even though he was only, <laughs> only... He was only in it for, like, 20 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Like, and they, like, everyone started yelling, Nappa, yeah! Like, sharing, like... And then like, <laughs> I love that scene for like like Kid Vegeta and Kid Raditz just because yeah. they're like hilarious because it's like both of them like like they 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 sound like kids but they like Raditz also kind of sounds just like his adult self even though even though he's like probably like eight years old or whatever but he's just like I think Mom like sent Kakarot off to some stupid planet whatever like I don't care like, that, that like got huge laughs. And then Vegeta's like, now I'll never get to be King Vegeta. Like that that was great. We've briefly uh touched on this subject, but um how do you guys feel about this new take on Broly? Like, do you think this is superior to the original version? I, I absolutely I mean, I, I, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I sincerely I sincerely yeah. think I, I it's, concur as it's well. Way superior. It, it took them it's like they they uh, took a you know this carnage or doomsday character and actually added like a dim- another dimension to him like it or you know you know made him more sympathetic, made him like a viable character and they took away all this like uh, I want us like informed like badassery or whatever that he previously had like in that first you know in that original movie it's kind of like he's the legendary Super Saiyan is like well, what does that mean like. Like, you know, no one ever explains it. It's like, I thought the legendary Super Saiyan was like thousands of years ago, and that's how the legend started. Like, what do you mean he's the legendary Super Saiyan? What you're getting at is, is it, you know, you're like, show, not tell. And, and Super Broly showed you he was legendary, whereas a lot of the old Broly movies just told you that, but you never really got shown that. Yeah, and uh, like, again, and... and he, they like Toriyama like seemed to like because he was like part of the you know he was one of the screenwriters on this and mm-hmm. he went out of his way to explain why Broly is like so abnormally strong like uh, strong and it, it was a better explanation than just like oh he's you know the legendary Super Saiyan like end of story like that doesn't make any sense but end of story like you know they they explain how he, he you know he had a, an abnormally high power at birth and then he kind of it's almost like he they did a version of Super Saiyan 4 in this yeah, movie that's, with him. that's what like, I thought when I was watching it, and they were kind of explaining it, or Paragus was explaining it. I was like, oh, that's kind of... Hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, he can tap into, like, the Ozaru power, but just, you know, in his normal form, but he mm-hmm. still goes, like, berserk and stuff. And, like, I think they did, did a good job of, like, demonstrating that, where, you know, he was, like, you know, shooting blasts out of his mouth and, like, just generally, like, looking like the... Did he remind you of the Hulk in some like yeah. scenes, like when he was like stomping around, yeah, trying yeah. To, you know, crush Goku and stuff? I'm, I'm like, he kind of reminded me of Linus, you know, because he had his little 
So what do you guys think of the visual redesign of the character? Like, do you think that's better over the original two? I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, like, I don't know that I was ever in love with Broly's visual mm. period. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't know that I'm the best judge to answer that question. I, I would say that I mean, I, I imagine if somebody's heart is dead set, like if they're set on the nostalgic appearance of what he looked like in the early films, I mean, then yeah, it, it, it's a it's a bit of a departure. But I, you know, I I don't really have much of a problem with it. Like, I mean, but but again, I I kind of feel like you know Mike's comparison to like a venom doomsday carnage type character is appropriate because it's like there there are certain aspects of those characters where it's like to me almost anything is going to be a vast improvement like in in a certain degree because you're like oh well yeah like i did like this better and did, did i like the visual better well, yeah like he, he didn't look like a skinny little nothing and then turn into a big balloon fart <laughs> face you know and he's super strong like he was in that in that you know first movie right it's like i don't know to me it, it felt like it felt like he kind of was a little lithe but he was muscular you could tell he trained on that planet and 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 had a lot of experience and everything and what what i kind of liked about it was they went to great lengths to show that he could hang with vegeta and goku as they kept increasing their power levels you know, like, like it, it, and he was still in his base form. So you were kind of like, oh, like, he hasn't even, you know, quote-unquote, ballooned up yet. And even, even when he did kind of go crazy, I never felt like he was a big, I don't know, I, I never felt like he looked ridiculous, like a ridiculous kind of thunder thigh, you know, kind of anatomically warped human being. Like, like I, I always kind of thought the original design to Broly looked like a lot ridiculous like in a in a strong guy sense you know from like x factor or something where it's like he had tiny little legs and then a big giant you know torso and and, and you know chest and, and biceps and all that stuff I, I i just felt like they they still did what was expected of broly he got more and more powerful he did get bigger but i i guess i never thought he looked completely and utterly ridiculous whereas to me and that's why i say maybe i'm not the best judge of this but to me i think the original concept of broly when he was in his full form looked a little ridiculous so what you're saying is original broly is the lifestyle version the super version is like the mcginnis version yes that's great that's perfect yeah, he, didn't, yes. he didn't have any ridiculous weird random bling on him either or like mc hammer pants so yeah uh, definitely an improvement <laughs> broly, go broly, broly broly yeah, yeah like I, I i think he had like like obviously he was more sympathetic but i think he was like mm-hmm. kind of drawn like more sympathetically too. yeah like, yeah you know, well i mean i mean they had like a lot of those original characters that become part of his crew or friend base like you could almost see like i mean the, with how well this movie is received like like i i mean i'm not saying this is like i have some insider info or something but like couldn't you just see like a spin-off show with like just broly and his little green babe and the the old man just going from planet to planet and having like adventures and fighting with like guys and maybe you know what's his nuts uh 
what's his name? I can't even remember. Jojo or whatever <laughs> the fuck that guy's name is. You know, like those space guys show up and hang out for like a cameo or something, and they do like a whole separate oh, series Jock- or something. Jocko? Jocko, yeah, like Jocko shows up, and you know this, this and that, and the other thing. Like I could totally, I could totally see them like spinning those three off and doing like a, you know, it's like it's like they could do Grand Tour the right <laughs> way with like Broly and the Green Girl and the Old Man. Broly's Grand Tour. Yeah, I liked, I really liked the score too, and like yeah. I know we we all we all make fun. I know like we were making fun of all the chanting in the background or whatever, you know, the go Broly, go go go, <laughs> like or whatever, you know. But you you want to know like the story behind that? It's like that was the the composer said that's inspired by all the like illegal, like I said, illegal like group showings of Dragon Ball Super episodes where. Everyone was like everyone in Japan was like stunned because like, you know, the crowd would be like chairing for characters and stuff like it was a wrestling match or something where, you know, in this like tournament of power where people would be yelling like, yeah, hey, Goku or yeah, Frieza and stuff. And like the crowd would literally be chanting like Frieza, Frieza, Frieza. <laughs> like and they, they, they that's why he like worked it into the score because he was like. Like, they had no idea it was, like, taken so, like, seriously, I guess, in, like, other parts of the world. Yeah, I was listening to it before I watched the film, and I was like, oh, this is uh, interesting. But, like, I like some of the music was, like, reused from Super. Like, I remember some of it from the Tournament of Power. So, like, I was like, oh, that's familiar, and, like, it's used very well in the film, too. But, like, when I got to those tracks that had some, like, limited vocals and chanting, I was like oh, this is interesting. I was like, I wonder how this translates like when you see it in the film. And I thought it totally worked. And my favorite one is the one that goes, Super Broly! <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like how Broly had his own theme, too. Yeah. Like, whenever he, like, he showed up, it'd be like, you know, like, and especially, like, I, I like when, you know, Chile and uh, Lemo first show up on Vampa. And the giant monster, like, threatens him, and Paragus just yells, Broly! You know, and Broly, you know, shows up with his theme playing and kicks the monster out of the way. Like, that's a great scene. I like how, um, I I, I think, like, Bulma and Frieza basically both had this vanity and they wanted the <laughs> dragon balls for their vanity and like when they go into all that like it was like that that was one of the other things that made me laugh my ass off because it was like almost like i don't want to like make myself 10 years younger because everyone will know i just want to be like five years and then everybody will think it's great and but I can't make it like more than that, you know. And, and it's like, well, why not? It's like cause then people will know that I use them, and I don't want them to know that. And then, and then it is kind of echoed with because everybody's like, well, Lord Frieza, what what do you want the Dragon Balls for? And they're making all these guesses and everything. And then it turns out, you know, he's like, well, I, it's like they they say, well, uh, what's your face figured it out, like. Lord Frieza wants to be taller. And they're like, well, are, are you going to make yourself like a foot taller? He's like, no, no, I'm going to make myself five centimeters taller. And they're like, only only five centimeters? And he's like, I want it to look natural, you, know, <laughs> yeah. like, you morons. Like, I don't want anybody to be like, how did he get so big all of a sudden? That was pretty good. I, I kind of like, like the, the, like, supporting characters they added to like Frieza's like neck of the woods too yeah, like, yeah apparently yeah. like uh, the, the floating like Berry Blue her name is that's supposed to be Frieza's nanny apparently like 
Like, and I guess, like, that's why she can, like, talk shit to him and he doesn't, like, blow her away or whatever. Like, like, I think that's a good idea because you feel like anytime anyone, like, mouths off to Frieza, he'll just kill them, basically. You know, he kind of needs, like, people, like, regular people to talk to, I think. Even though they didn't do anything, like, I I just thought it was nice to see, like, Zarbon, Dodoria, and the Ginyu Force for, like, a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that that made me really nostalgic. I was like, oh, Zarbon and Dodoria. I was like, oh, that takes me back. (laughs) Yeah, when they all landed and immediately, like, the Ginyu Force immediately (laughs) landed and posed, like, that got a huge laugh. (laughs) One thing about that, though, like, I thought it would have been cool if... Like, it was the same Ginyu Force, but Ginyu was, like, in a different body or something. Like, I mean, that might have been too hard to explain, and you would have missed the, like, nostalgic, like, hook. But, like, I don't know, it it just seemed, you know, well, this is a guy who changes bodies, so has he been in that body, I guess, for the next, like, 50 years or whatever? But, you know, I mean, it's a a minor concern, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right, Mike. I'm going to open the floor to you now because I know you have some. I know you have some things to say about the Bardock uh, portion of this film. Yeah. See, like all that stuff adapts a manga chapter that Toriyama added into like behind in, as a like uh, backstory in I think Jocko, like the Galactic Patrol manga. It's called yeah, Dragon yeah, Ball yeah, yeah. Minus, and it basically, you know, retells the story of Bardock, basically, and introduces Goku and Raditz's mother, uh, Gine. I find it weird because whereas Broly is something that Toriyama took and that was b- broken and he fixed, like Bardock is something that already worked and Toriyama took it and made it like less interesting, basically. So. It sort of sort of made it a little yeah, more toothless like, than it originally Like, he was. even admitted that, like, he, like, the Bardock special was made with limited input from him and, like, you know, made by the in-house people at Toei. And when he saw that, like, he loved it. And that's why, like, Bardock eventually shows up in the manga in, like, a cameo appearance. Because that, that was as good mm. as Toriyama saying, well, even though I didn't write this, like, the Bardock special is canon, so... But now, yeah, yeah. then, you know, 20, 30 years later, he, he decides to, like, you know, retcon it and, like, retell it and whatever. And like you said, Derek, it's just, I don't know, like, I feel like by making Bardock, like, I, and I, I, to some extent, I feel the same way about that episode of Bardock special where, like, you know, do that what if where he goes back in time and becomes, oh, right, like, right, the right. original Super Saiyan. Yeah. Making Bardock special, like, makes him, like, less special, like, somehow, like, I, I like, uh, from a dramatic standpoint, I guess, because I love the Bardock special, like, like, in, in its original Japanese, like, language, at least, because the dub kind of unnecessarily alters it in some ways, and, you know, does, is, does not yeah, have the same yeah. impact, but... The, the Bardock special like might be my favorite, like, Dragon Ball, whatever you want to say, episode or movie or whatever, but... Side, yeah. side story yeah. or something like... Yeah, I mean, I, I hold I hold that Bardock special in, in extremely high esteem. I think also, I, I know you guys were sort of praising the whole Nappa, Vegeta, Raditz moment, but, like... I think part of why I love, I mean, I, I love that end yes, moment with Kid awesome. Vegeta where he slaughtered all of them and it's in Japanese and he's just like, oh, like, and they blew up the planet. Oh, and like, he doesn't, he gives no fucks. 
and he's like seven, you know, like, it's just like, he yeah. gives no fucks. And I think, I don't know, like, like if, if I had any pet peeves, like I get what you're saying about Bardock, but that goes like triplicate for me with the Vegeta sequence. Cause I'm like, I mean, I guess I can rationalize it and say like that, that Bardock stuff probably still happened, including the Vegeta scene, but you, you kind of feel like it's, you know, just like with Bardock, it's, it's a little toothless or, or, or less toothier. I, I, I feel like way to say I think is, I've, but, I've joked yeah. to you before about this, but it's like they validated your previous beliefs that Goku's father was like Jor-El or whatever, like because of that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, dumb yeah. nonsense in the original ocean dub where he's like, you know, your father was a yeah, scientist yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he made, he made the, 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 uh, like, gun that, let's okay, here's, here's you, you know, I love to do this. Here's my equivalency with the Bardock thing. Like the Bardock special is like a twilight zone episode where like Bardock is the main character and he's like, you know, like he mm. has super natural, like psychic powers. And he's like, you know, running around to all the Saiyans, like, don't you see? Like, Freeze is going to kill us, you see? Like, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this adaptation of his story is like, there's no Twilight Zone hook. Like, he just sort of, you know, like, he just yeah. sort of pieces it together, like, out of nowhere, apparently, that he's like, oh, well, like, you know, he's like, Frieza wants us all on the same planet. And he's hovering above the, the you know, planet. And he's not coming down to the planet. Like, what's going on here? Like, I... And then, like, he just sort of pieces it together in his mind rather than having, like, you know, any sort of special insight. And I, I don't know. I just feel like that's sort of lazy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a good analogy for the Bardock special. There is a, a Twilight Zone aspect to the, the sort of psychic emanations that or, or these visions that that bardock constantly has in the special and 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 you're right all that is effectively i mean i guess you know if you wanted i guess if you really wanted to believe it really badly you could like try to make it in your own head canon that he was having visions and we just didn't see it because of the you know the the concise nature of that first act but yeah i i, I totally appreciate what you're saying as far as your your grievances and i, I you know? do like like seeing actually seeing like Goku and Raditz's mother like I do like Gine like I think she is she's got a cute design and it's nice to know like she exists but like I I don't know like I think Toriyama has a like you know trouble or you know some he doesn't write the best female characters I guess so it's like Mm. you know uh, and I you know you know me I'm not gonna like you know be like oh you know Toriyama's a freaking you know sexist pig or whatever but but you know (laughs) there's not like you know the the female saying is like like works in the like butcher shop or whatever and she's like the one like her and Bardock are the two good parents on the whole planet or whatever like I, I don't know like like I said, making Bardock special makes him like less special. Like in the Bardock special, he's just a soldier. Like he doesn't give a shit about his sons. Like, and I, yeah, I think like yeah. team four star said it in like their review of the Bardock special where they say Bardock is not a good guy. He's just the protagonist. Like, you know, he, he, he doesn't care about, you know, anything, anyone he's killed or even his own family. He just wants to like survive and get revenge on Frieza for, you know, Frieza's killing his men or whatever. So. I mean, I think, I think in some ways that aspect of the Bardock special 
you know, and, and, you know, not that I'm Goku's number one fan or anything, but I mean, I think that makes Goku more special. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it's like one of those things where like when, when Byrne was trying to like reinvent Superman, it's like, oh yeah, let's make all the Kryptonians cold and unfeeling and stuff. And then that makes Superman even more special that he, he, he rejected his, his genetic programming to be, you know, Kryptonian and logical and cold and unfeeling. And it's the same thing. Like Goku, yeah, he had to get bumped on the head and shit, but like he, he rejected this whole unfeeling, I'm going to colonize your planet and just, you know, wreck shit on it and, and conquer it. It's like he, he rejected all that conditioning and, and became a heroic figure. And, and if, if like, if Bardock is already like, well, I'm like you said, I'm worried about the sun and my son, and I got this feeling, and even, you know, everybody's been called back to the planet, and see, and you know, you're just like, I'm gonna launch the sun. It's like, why can't we all go? Well, they get suspicious, Guinea. Make some meat. Let's get out of here. You know, and you're like, eh, you know, like I, I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I see. What I kind of hate the version of like the Bardock special because they add in all this unnecessary shit where like Bardock's like trying to talk to his son and like make up for our mistakes, like boy, like be right, better, right, boy. Right, right. Or in the Japanese version, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, my boy's gonna fucking kill Frieza, like awesome, like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the bar. All the stuff pertaining to Bardock was probably my main issue with this movie, and like. Uh, I, you know, like Bardock is one of my favorite Dragon Ball characters. So like, and like, I feel like every, I think when I wrote my list of favorite Dragon Ball characters, I wrote like Bardock's awesome. As long as you ignore everything that like they did with him after like the original story with him, basically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you can argue that the first act suffers because of that, but I, I do think the setup though, for why why Broly was exiled and all that. It's like, I, I'm so much more happier with that. He has a vendetta against King, you know, his father has a vendetta against King Vegeta and thus Broly has a vendetta against Vegeta, the Vegeta family as a whole, as opposed to he was put in fucking cryo tube next to Goku and Goku like cried a bunch. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've made fun of that ever since I've seen it. So like, this is a vast, fucking improvement so you know, there's no there's no speak, doubt about speaking that. of that let me ask you guys like what did you think of the very last scene of the movie where goku's like you know you can call me kakarot like because it's i think it's very different in the japanese version and the english like dub version because the dub like i think the exact line he says in the dub is like uh, my name's Goku, but Broly, you can call me Kakara. Like, mm -hmm. but in the Japanese version, he just says like, "I'm Goku" or Kakara. Like, and like, I feel like the intent in the Japanese version is he's like kind of embracing his Saiyan heritage for the first time. But like, and in oh, the dub version, okay. it kind of feels like more like a like nudge, nudge to the like original movie or whatever. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I heard that. I was like, oh, it's kind of a, a reference to the, the original film because like in this one, like Broly wasn't a raging maniac saying Kakarot every like other minute. Yeah, like I, I don't know, like it's a very different feel, I guess, in both versions because I. I and I guess, like, the Japanese version is kind of, like I said, I, I kind of took it when I saw the Jenny's clip of it that, like, they, they were trying to say, oh, like, Goku finally, like, after, like, you know, decades, like, is finally accepting that he is, like, a member of, you know, the Saiyan race or whatever. 
And like that's that's supposed to be even though he didn't really, you know, there's no reason for him to like they never built up to that. But like, I don't know, the the, the dub version kind of makes it out to be more of a like fan nod, I guess, or something. Well, I mean, I guess I guess you could put forward the argument that outside of Vegeta, what other contemporary Saiyan has he ever known? So you could put forth the argument that maybe it is in some way an acceptance of his Saiyan heritage because, I mean, nobody else would have ever had to refer to him as Kakarot other than people that were trying to kill him before, like Raditz or Vegeta. You know what I mean? Like, like, so it's like, and I think he genuinely, I mean, even throughout this whole fight, Goku is like, yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of enemies, but I don't think you're one of them. You know, like, and, yeah. and that's why he kind of hooks him up at the end and everything. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I get what you, you're saying. Like, you're like, oh, it's kind of a nod to the, the, the delivery is a little bit more a, a nod to, you know, the, the other dubs and this and that. But, I mean, you, you could put forth the argument, like, like, just the fact that he's allowing, like, he's basically like, dude, like, call me, you know, you can call me Kakarot if you want. Like, if, if that's, if you're saying and you feel comfortable you know, calling me that, like, you can call me that, like, and I'm okay with that, like, so, it's like, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, like, he, he's saying in the Japanese one, it's more like an either-or option, like, call me Goku or call me Kakarot, and I'm fine with either, you know, but it's like, I, I, I guess to me it'd be like, you know, Superman, you know, met some big dumb hunk of Kryptonian, and it was like his cousin, you know, Dufel or whatever, you know, and it's like, you're like sitting there going, dude, Dufel, like, dude, you can call me Kal-El, like, it's cool, right? Like, like, like we can we can be Kryptonian bros and stuff. You know, see, like the scrappy dumb of the Kryptonians. Or something? <laughs> I, I've I've just invented him. Like that's what I'm gonna do when I go to DC and take over. Everybody's gonna be mad at me, and they're like, "Fucking Derek and his poser character Doofell. Like, hell, <laughs> don't have no cousin." Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> one thing one thing I did want to address and. uh like me and Justin have talked about this before and I'm curious as to his opinion on it. Like when we first learned and Derek, I know you haven't seen all of super, but like you, you know about this, like the tournament of power arc when it started, it's like, like Majin Buu was supposed to be in the tournament. And then like, eventually we learned that like Frieza would be taking his place because they came up with some contrived reason in the anime to take Majin Buu out of the tournament. But, uh, at first, I think me and Justin were kind of upset about that because we were kind of like, oh, this was like Boo's chance to shine and it got like mm-hmm. taken away. But I think we both came to accept that like, like Freeze is like a delight to be in this like, you know, yeah. like in this group of people, basically like and like Frieza is like, you know, obviously the most iconic villain and probably Dragon Ball history. And like just seeing like in the tournament of power and even in this movie, just having him interact with everyone is just like, you know, it's it's hilarious. It's it's you know, it it adds a lot of stuff. And like but I mean, I guess it adds also a problem where he has like what they call like Joker immunity, like where, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, good. Like you drove Frieza off earth, but then like the very next scene, like at the end of this movie is Frieza, like carpet bombing another planet. So you're like, okay, well, you know, you probably should have just killed his ass. Like, so he doesn't come back and like blow up your planet, but whatever. But I mean, like uh, on one hand, he's like, I said, he's vastly entertaining and I'm glad he's like back in the cast. But on the other hand, you're, you know, Goku and Vegeta start to look a little like douchey for not like putting him down again. 
I guess having not seen all of Super, I don't know if my opinion is invalid, but I guess I kind of took it as there seemed to be a level of uncertainty, you know, that, that yes, Broly could take on all three of them, but I think if Vegeta tried to fight Freezer right now or Goku tried to fight Freezer right now, I got the vibe that they weren't 100% sure who the victor would be so that I just got the notion that in terms of their power sets, that these guys were all on the same level, but kind of at a stalemate or an impasse where they they both acknowledged the strength and power of the other. So it's like if they, you know, if, if one, like if Goku showed up to that carpet bombing, Frieza would probably be forced to stop. But since Goku isn't there and there is no Goku-Vegeta equivalent, he gets to have his free reign with carpet bombing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, no, that I was get just you. my take on it's, it. Like I said, it's like when once Frieza like saw Gogeta, which was another funny part. Like I, I like when he's like, you know, where Goku and Vegeta merge, and Frieza's like, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> and like I, I think he, you know, he kind of his new plan. It seems like is to like sway Broly to his side because he needs a equalizer now, basically. But yeah, like I said, I'm glad to have him back in the cast. But like I, I do feel like you know, Gogeta maybe tried should have tried to fling him into the sun or something like at the end there but i don't justin what do you think of that yeah i agree with you um i mean you know me i'm a huge fan of majin Buu, so anytime he gets like put over for another character it makes me grumpy but like you said like he frieza was so much fun in the tournament of power like it was i was kind of like okay i'm i'm okay with boo falling asleep for the second time or whatever but i mean especially there at the very end where they goku and frieza fighting in sync against jiren like that's so great like that's such a great moment for like in the entire dragon ball series i think and it's so well animated <laughs> I, 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 also, I love that i also love like i said earlier how like when frieza has to explain the like repugnant thing to goku <laughs> it's like almost like even though like frieza absolutely hates goku's guts he like understands him like sort of and it's like as much as he like can be it seems like goku and frieza are almost like friends even though they like hate each other like it, and it's it's weird because, like, I, I kind of feel like they want to make Frieza, like, the spike of the cast. You know, like, Buddy the Vampire Spike. But, like, if you make Frieza the spike of, you know, the Dragon Ball verse, like, that would kind of... I think it would make everyone else look like chumps for forgiving him. I mean, okay, there's a long history of forgiving your enemies and accepting them in Dragon Ball, but, like, you know... I mean, this is Frieza. Like, Frieza takes enormous delight in torturing people and wiping out planets and, you know, conquering them and everything. So, like, I mean, yeah, it's great to have Frieza in the cast because he's so much fun. But, I mean, how, you know, how how long are you going to let him run, a, run around in the universe, like, doing whatever he wants? And then, like, story-wise, what do you do? Like, eventually, you're going to have to tackle that problem, right? And then... Yeah. How, how do you do another Frieza saga and make it different from the original? Like make it make it not like a repeat and like retread. Like I, I don't know how they're going to do that. Want want to hear my fan fiction okay. idea? Because this is like I I'm assuming now that they've like successfully like canonized Broly and you know stuff. 
I'm assuming that Toei or, you know, whoever's in charge is going to take a look at other concepts they can, like, you know, add into the canon now. And I was thinking that Cooler is, like, on the mm. short list of those concepts. So here's my fan fiction idea for a new saga or a new movie or whatever. Frieza and Cooler's, like, empires go to war. And, like, Goku and Vegeta are, like, stuck in the middle of that. And they have to, like, either side with Frieza or maybe coolers like the lesser of two evils and like you know we they side with him and like they, I don't know stuff gets like and Broly gets t- thrown in the mix somehow and like mm-hmm. it, like I think that would be a good way to go like introduce cooler yeah and you know like you know have some kind of co- like a a enemy that Frieza has to focus on basically instead yeah. of just like Goku and Vegeta I, I like cooler so I'm fully behind that what I'm like I'm like what if they call a truce and Cooler and Frieza do the fusion dance and that's the great equalizer. <laughs> yeah, that, that would yeah. be, I, I know they have a fusion in the video game, so mm-hmm. I mean that's, that's that they can pull from any number of things and make it canon now. Like, uh, as long as they keep GT out of it. Like, yeah. I think they've already dismissed GT as an alternate like, timeline, so. I'm like, oh, I, I, I miss Pan. Mm. Like, well, she still uh, exists. She's just, yeah, she's yeah, a toddler know, at the I moment. Know. I know. Uh, okay, I know. since we're doing fanboy stuff, like Mike, here's my question for you because I don't think Derek's aware of any of this stuff. But okay, who is more powerful, Broly or Jiren? I don't know. Like, like I don't like. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Okay. <laughs> you know, after okay, here, it, here's here's my argument, and Derek kind of already made it, made it for me. But like, Broly has never been in a serious fight before. And he's able to go toe-toe with Goku, Vegeta, and Frieza, and all their forms, like, almost effortlessly. Like, I well, think that's, like, a huge plus for Broly. I, I, one thing I really liked about this movie, and it's another thing, is I feel like the escalation was very believable in mm-hmm. power levels. Like, yeah. whenever someone transformed, like, they had the advantage up until the other person transformed. And, like, I think the final, like, you know, the final plateau of that is when Gogeta goes Super Saiyan Blue, Broly can't win anymore. Like, I kind of felt, like, really bad for Broly after Gogeta went Super Saiyan Blue because he beats the shit out of Broly. I don't think Broly, like, lands another hit after that. So, clearly, Super Blue Gogeta is, like, way, way beyond, like, just Super Saiyan, like, Broly. However, you know, if Goku you know, trains Broly and, like, teaches him a bunch of shit like he wanted to do, like, and Broly gets to, like, you know, unlock the god power or whatever, you know, who knows? Like, like who knows what will happen? Like, I, and they didn't have Ultra Instinct in this movie either, so, like, you know, we don't know how that scales against, like, Broly or whatever, but... I, I saw it for, like, a split second. Did you see it? Oh, yeah, when he was going, like, blue and... yeah. Like, I was well, like, looked, ooh, I'll stick, and I was like, oh, I went away. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it, it looked like he was, like, trying to tap into, like, the Broly, like, green power for a second. And then, yeah, his hair flashed silver for a second. So I was like, oh, yeah, Ultra Instinct for, like, a brief second. And then it just turned out he could only, like, go to blue, so... And I think you and me have, like, discussed, like, how we were not totally sure what the difference between, like, red and blue and, like, what what the gulf and power is between them. But yeah. I think this movie, like, did a good job of showing it, like, because it seemed like red is more subtle and, like, like, I, I forget, like, a cl- 
more like Goku was using a lot of like evasive and like judo moves when he was in red and like you know blue was more like raw power and stuff so like I think they did a better job at like differentiating what what color hair does what basically <laughs> it, it seemed to me like maybe at least when Vegeta was using Super Saiyan God like for him like Super Saiyan God was more like for energy based and evasion and then Super Saiyan Blue was like just raw strength and power maybe yeah, and like a, the last like two movies, like especially Resurrection F, which is not too bad, but like I felt there was no tension in Resurrection F, even though Frieza was back because it was just like, you know, Goku like shows up and he's like, hey, dude, like here's my new Super Saiyan blue. Like I just <laughs> I learned it like off screen. Like, here you go. Like it, it turns my hair blue. Like and then Frieza's like, oh, yeah, well, I can turn my whole body gold. So how, what do you think of that? And he's like, <laughs> oh, man, let's fight. Like And like, I, I don't know. And then, you know. When Beerus and Whis are there, it kind of drains a little tension, too, because you're kind of like, well, you know, if Beerus really wanted, he could just walk over and snap Frieza's neck. So it's like, you know, that kind of like, like devalues the stakes of this fight. But at least in this movie, it's like Whis, Whis had no intention of fighting Broly, but he just kind of like, you know, jumps away from him and he's like, oh, you almost got me like he he like <laughs> stuff. And like Beerus wasn't even there. So at least, you know, the stakes were real. And did you, I was going to say also, I like how this Whis has a very subtle like subplot in this movie. And it's like you have to like pay attention to what he says and what he does. But I think Whis is trying to train either Goku or Vegeta or both of them to replace Barris. Because I, I, thought, I thought about that too. Yeah. yeah, because he's like at the beginning of the movie, he's kind of like, why are you guys still getting stronger? Like, what's your end here? And then like um, at the very end of the fight with Broly, when like uh, Whis is kind of like, you know, I think this fight is about to like, you know, come to a rousing conclusion. And then, like, Goku, uh, Gogeta starts, like, powering up his, like, final Kamehameha, and, like, Whis kind of smiles. And I kind of took that as an indication, like, you know, Whis was like, oh, so he does have it in him to, like, finish an opponent or whatever, or at least, like, Vegeta does, like, you know. So like, Yeah, I, I, I saw that smile, and I was like, what does that mean exactly? I mean, he he's happy that Gogeta's going to win. I was like, well, it can't just be that simple. There has to be something that's going on there. Yeah, like, and I'm sure once Super comes back, and it like anyone listening to this, they're gonna have more episodes of Dragon. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I think, I think I said it to you, Justin, but like, <laughs> I think people wondering if there's gonna be more episodes of Dragon Ball is stupid on the same level as people wondering if all those people that Thanos snapped away are coming back. Like, there's, there's gonna be more. Like, Toei is not gonna be like, oh, I think we made enough money off this. Like, we'll we'll just end it right yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, something. Wait, you, wait, you mean you mean Spider-Man's not really like No, us? he's not. What? And uh, and if you click on what? this article, I'll explain that to you. <laughs> okay. Spider-Man is not dust. Explained. There will be more episodes of Dragon Ball Super, but it might not be called Super. Explained. Dragon Mike, Ball you, Ultra. Mm. Mike, mm. did you get did you catch the reference to Harbull in this cuz that kind of surprised me? Oh yeah, when they like, were like I, I thought he. I thought that OVA wasn't canon, or I, like I don't know. I, I was just surprised that they even mentioned him. Yeah, Vegeta, you have a brother. Nah, I don't know. He probably blew up anyway. <laughs> and, well, what's his, um the bad guys from that movie were I part of Freezes. Yeah, Abo and Kado. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, so, it's those guys. Yeah. Well, I I like that special, so I yeah. wouldn't mind it being like canon. Yeah. Oh. Um. 
that I was going to say that's that's all I have for you guys. Unless you want to, if you have anything else you want to discuss or you know final thoughts. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to talk about, and what do you guys think of? Like, uh, I'm going to say the character of Paragus because. Like, I don't know, like he, like he was kind of all over the place in this movie. And mm-hmm. like, I don't, I can't tell if that's cause he's like actually a complex character or it's just kind of inconsistent writing. Like it's, it's obvious, you know, he wants revenge on Vegeta or whatever. And, you know, it's also obvious he's using, like he has to have a way to contain Broly. So he's got a shock collar on him. And then like all the stuff about like, you know, him mistreating Broly and stuff kind of comes from like Chile and Lemo. Like, like I, cause like when Broly's losing, like Paragus is like freaking out where he's kind of like, I think my boy's going to die. And like, he's kind of like legitimately concerned for him. So like, that's not the, like, yeah, I mean, I guess being on that planet for 40 years alone with Broly, I mean, is not going to do wonders for your sanity, but I, I don't know. Like, I couldn't. What did you guys think? Was was he like a complex character, or was he, you know, just inconsistently written? I, I mean, it, it to me, it seemed like Paragus was the victim of an elite class of Saiyan in the context of the beginning, right? Like, he wasn't his his son was not considered the upper crust they frowned on him even being in the cube or whatever the cryo thing but yet the power level was so high so then they're like oh well this is you know he's some kind of freak or whatever and the thing I thought was interesting was that by the end of it before he finally gets killed he, he has this weird like realization where he's like oh maybe King Vegeta was right after all like and that that's a weird thing in in today's context because you'd think you would try to make the sympathy be for you know it's like oh the man was keeping Paragus and Broly down right and and King Vegeta in this context is the man but guess what the man has another man which is Frieza going hello monkeys I'm the man now you know or whatever right and there's it's like there's always a bigger fish there's always a bigger man like waiting in the wings to butt rape you or whatever it is right and and but i i i just thought it was fascinating that eventually he comes to the notion like oh shit like even though king vegeta was totally corrupt and and uh, that we were mistreated he wasn't really lying about the notion that my son could get out of control with the power that he possessed. So it, it, I don't know. It, it's just kind of interesting because you, you, you uh, and and you're like, is that inconsistent? Well, no. He had he had his little mutant dampening collar the whole time. I mean, like I, I kind of feel like in his heart of hearts, he knew that was true, but he didn't want to accept it because he had that Ahab vengeance, you know, the 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 con thing going on, you know, where he was like trying to get his white whale, which was. You know, the Vegeta family, essentially. It's like, Vegeta still lives? Okay, well, let's go beat him up then and do all that. But then he's kind of like, oh, well, wait. You know, he, he has those aspects where he's like, oh, Vegeta's a good fighter in his own right. Like, And it's like he, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily discount that outright just because he was mistreated by the family. He's like, well, Vegeta's still a good fighter. Like, I can believe what's in front of my face. So, like, you know, I don't know. I thought I thought 
I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever took him as being written inconsistently. I think, I think maybe the, the only thing that you, you might be pointing out that people might think is inconsistent is does he love his son or is he mistreating his son? But I mean, I don't think those are, I mean, in a complex character, I don't think that's necessarily mutually exclusive. Like he may love his son, but he may also think that shocking him and making him fight Vegeta is also a good thing. Whereas most people from an outside perspective are like, you're being abused and that's wrong. You know what I mean? But like Broly doesn't see it that way at first. He's like, don't talk smack about my dad, you know? And I think, I think everybody kind of goes through something like that. Like where it's like, you know, it's like that thing where you're, I don't know, like I, you know, to me, it makes me think of like, you know, social media nonsense where people start getting into fights on social media, but then you don't realize like, Oh, well this person is so-and-so's mom. Like, why are you talking shit about somebody's mom? You know what I mean? Like, and and it's like, it's like that same notion of like, they mean well, they're like, Oh bro, you're being mistreated. Like they mean well, but then also it's like, you're, you're kind of putting Broly or, you know, this mythical, you know, social media person that has a mom that's getting assaulted on Facebook or whatever, you know, in the chat thread, you know, you're like, you're putting, you're putting that, that person in, in a weird pickle because you're like, now, now you're making them choose between your morality and their family, you know? And it's like, what, what do you think? I mean, it's like, they're not going to just fucking poo poo their family just because, you think you have the moral high ground or whatever either. So like, I, I, I know that's like a weird complicated answer to it, but I, I mean, I, I don't think Paragus is inconsistently written. And I think he does have, I mean, something that's as probably not very complex as a really, really long fight film. I mean, I, I don't think he's lacking in complexity because you could, you could make the argument. Like, it's like, do you think that like Rick from the walking dead is a shitty father? Or a great father. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, I feel like you could make, you know, a little thesis paper and, and put characters like that. Like, Paragus could be compared to Rick Grimes, and you could have people saying, oh, Par- Paragus is a great dad. And you could have other people going, oh my god, Paragus is like the worst father ever. You know, like, so, it's like, and ex- Paragus is the worst father ever. <laughs> Explained! And, and, and here's why. You know what I mean? Like, you could you could write both articles. I, I, I would say that he's a complex character. I think he has a good arc. You guys were talking earlier about show, don't tell, like, specifically with, like, the old Broly movie. I think what they really needed was a short scene where we see, like, Ozaro Broly out of control, Paragus cuts off his tail, and then that doesn't even do the trick. Even, like, you know, maybe Broly's training, like, with a monster or Paragus, and then something happens to make him still go out of control, and, like, he's so out of control, he almost kills his dad, and then that's when Paragus is like, okay, I need something to, you know, to control this guy, and then, you know, Broly is finally like, oh, you know, Dad, I'm so sorry, like, I didn't... You know, I, I I didn't know what I was doing. I think maybe a scene like that would have added a little bit more. But it's like I was on board with him, uh, Paragus, until like he started shocking Broly for like trivial reasons. I mean, like who cares if Broly snaps that dude's neck that was hidden on Chile? Chile? Like, like who cares? Like the you know, like he like he's just some grunt guy. Like who, who gives a crap? Like. That's when I was feeling kind of like, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm not on board with you anymore. But then, like, like Derek was saying, like that there at the end when he realizes is like, oh, maybe King Vegeta was right after all. Like that's, you know, 
Maybe yeah. he didn't want to deal with that for 40 years trapped on, you know, on a planetoid with the sun. And, you know, maybe he secretly knew it all along, but at least he finally, you know, had that realization. And like, I mean, I, I think he did care about him, but he just had to like take steps to control him maybe for his own safety and, you know, also to like, you know, get revenge and whatnot, but probably to like save himself in case he had to. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, like there's, there's some like connective tissue missing in their story because Paragus has the missing eye in the present, yeah, but he, yeah. yeah, which you see in the original Broly movie is like he got from when Broly was like lashing out as a kid. So like, but th- that doesn't happen in this movie. So you're just meant to assume that, I guess. But, but yeah, I, I, the one last thing I want to joke about, and I told you guys this joke like last week, but, um, like me and my friend were joking that like, you know, the the end features, you know, like Gogeta fires off his Kamehameha, like Broly is right in the path of it. And Chile uses the Dragon Ball wish to get Broly back to Vampa. But we were joking like and then like Broly like lands on Vampa and everything's good. And he's like, oh, man, like I survived. Like everything's good now. Like, hey, what's that blue light approaching from space? And like you see Gogeta's Kamehameha flying all the way from Earth to Vampa and blowing up that planet. Like, you know, you see Broly on the surface like, oh, my God, like it hits him directly. And then, you know, back on Earth, Gogeta's like, yes, we never miss. Like. I, like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie despite yeah. my niggles and yeah, it would, it would definitely like, I know Derek said he didn't want to like, you know, jump on it right away, but it would go on my maybe top like 10 at least like, you know, immediately. I don't know where it would fall, but like, you know, it, 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 it is definitely worthy of being like a theatrical, like, you know, release. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I think I only go into that because I I feel like it should be like almost the number one Dragon Ball movie. But I I, I feel myself like going self like that's crazy. <laughs> like that's easy talk self. Like you need to you need to slow it down because I, I I feel like people do that too much. You know, it's like it's like some brand new movie comes out and everybody's slobbering all over it. You know, where it's just like that's the greatest movie I've ever seen, and I'm like, you've seen it once, like, and you haven't like repeatedly watched it and it's not been like you know a couple years after it's come out and the 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 new big shiny thing hasn't like been stuck in front of your face to distract you from it you know what i mean and it's like that so so that's why i'm always hesitant about saying something like that but i i kind of feel like this this movie is probably the exception to the rule yeah like i said i I thought this was great like I, i really enjoyed the heck out of it especially you know the improvements it makes you know to Broly and his story i really love the animation like it was just such great quality it was so quick paced like i i love the whole like you know the, the last 45 minutes are just basically nothing but fighting and like you think that would get old really quick but it doesn't it, it doesn't get old like i was just totally engrossed with it but uh yeah i i love this film I, I also liked like one minor other thing I liked, like even even though like some of them might have not been too comprehensive, like the film really has a running theme of like fathers and sons in it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 see Vegeta and his father, like Goku and his father, Broly and his father and even Frieza and his father. So like there's all like a, a, a sort of like, you know, running theme about that there. And I I kind of liked like. Another character that we don't get to see a lot of in Dragon Ball is King Cold. 
And like, uh, I kind of like that opening scene where it immediately yeah. establishes like, you know, King Vegeta says, hey, great to see you, King Cold. And like King Cold doesn't shake his hand because he doesn't want to look like a punk in front of his son. And like free, you know, you can immediately tell like the difference between like what their relationship is going to be with Frieza than what it was with like King Cold. Like King Cold's probably an asshole, but he probably treated King Vegeta with like some respect. But like, you know, Frieza is clearly not going to do that. So like, I, I really like like subtle character things like that. But yeah, and this this movie is pretty much full of those. So like, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion of Dragon Ball Super Broly. And Derek, if you would be so kind as to do your usual spiel. Yeah, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, if you think, like, yikes, I'm going <laughs> to die, eat some <laughs> eat some sensu beans and send us an email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We have all the backlog of the Big in Japan episodes over at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on all kinds of social media like Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, etc. And yeah, I think, I think you know, we, we've got all kinds of other shows and listen to those too. Check them out. So this is Justin signing off. This is Derek, Derek WC. Goodbye, monkeys! <laughs> hey, it's Mike and I'm going to blow up this podcast with a death ball. Goodbye.
Oh God, they're crab women. I well, I did, what death battle is like? This is like I said this one time before. Just like Batman versus Cat America, I'm a DC guy. I love DC, but Batman's not going to beat fucking Captain America, and Aquaman's not going to beat Namor. I'm I'm sorry. That's just that's just how it is. I was laughing because like you know how they when they do the stats and stuff, they list like their accomplishments and stuff. And I was laughing because under Namor's accomplishments, it said like made out with a crab woman or something, or like. <laughs> Made out with a undersea queen alien. See now, 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 see it's only been a, a scant seven years, and and now that's an accomplishment, my fellow fan holes. It's an accomplishment. <laughs> It'll get you elected to public <laughs> office that you once made out with a crab woman or a lobster fucking woman. Derek was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Derek was correct. That is a, now. That now, is now if thing. I lock him, I'm gonna be called out and be called the uh, lobsterist. Whatever. Like, new, new pictures have surfaced of Derek Crab at a birthday party in Crabface. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It doesn't help you like it. 